Another meeting of the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Troop Scout leader Dustin Lays with Beef, across from me. This is the Troop's historian. This is Denim Smoking Dart Wall. <laughs> and in between the two wall boys, you have myself, I'm Miles, aka Chief, runs with bins. Thanks for joining us in the clubhouse. And to kick this meeting off like we do the rest, let's start it with the Straight Arrow Oath. So for those of you in scout uniform, three fingers salute. Three fingers for Dale. For those listening at home in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow knows every girl band deserves funding. And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table? We Matanya! We Matanya! How's your beer tasting today, boys? What you drinking? Solid. I got the Phillips Blue Buck, which is 5% alcohol. Very classic Phillips beer. That's a beer. staple. That is the, the staple. Like, when you don't know what to order in a pub, you order Blue Buck because you know they got it. Yeah, every pub's got the Blue Buck on tap. I'm drinking Tiger Shark. I just spilled some oil. Yeah, the table's drinking it too, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to read the fucking side of it. I tipped it over. It's a Citra Pale Ale, and it is exquisite. Yeah, that's a good one. Dusting out the hot box. I was really hoping for the box set, but I guess I guess you went to the jingle pot because they don't have the hot box. They only have the box set. Honestly, I looked at the hot box and all I could think about was a hop circle. And we drank Tiger Shark and Raspberry last time. Yeah, I, I guess feel something right. different. But I got the Phillips. Uh, it's a Pilsner. It's uh, pretty good. It's just a basic five percent here. I like Pilsner. I like Pilsner with the rabbit on the can. Cheers to that, boys. So. Uh, in continuing theme with what we did last week, I want to open it up with uh, the segment we like to call listener feedback until we come up with a better name. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week, I just wanted to give a, a shout out to everybody who uh, gave their opinion on our new clubhouse. Uh, we have such opinions as it looks like the veteran of foreign wars clubhouse, <laughs> with, which I assume is just dingy and sad. <laughs> we need some war medals. So if anybody has any that they'd love to send us. We'd love to receive them. Uh, we also got suggested an Alamo beer wall light. So yeah, I, let's get that. I tried. It does not ship to Canada. Really? So I think i got to find some sort of replacement. And there's a petition started to name the dog in the clubhouse Ladybird. Which dog? <laughs> well, I sometimes bring over my girlfriend's dog, Goat, who looks much like a goat. Uh, so I'm going to have to discuss with her whether she's open to a name change. Yeah, all of our dogs are boys. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're all good boys. They're all good boys. So it can be Ladyboy. <laughs> Lady boy. <laughs> um, I also uh, wanted to uh, shout out Pork Chop Prophecy uh, on Instagram for doing that lovely fan art. Oh, I love PCP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it includes myself, uh, the historian, runs with bins, and the long lost tip of the spear, who we've actually got requested to come back, but uh, we, we still can't find him. I haven't actually seen this fan art. Oh, you haven't? No. What's it on? Dude, it's in the clubhouse. It's right here in... In physical oh, coffee. Fuck. Deanna's the Pork Chop Express? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, big shout out to Deanna. Thank you for that. And finally, I wanted to give Dirty Dylan another shout out because the historian was asking our listeners to describe NASCAR in so many words. And Dylan lives in Martinsville, Virginia, which is home to the Martinsville Speedway. It has about a capacity of 44,000 to 65,000, depending on how it's set up. Uh, he remarked that living in the same city as a NASCAR track, still nobody knows how it works. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, well, he says that the point system is way more important than the actual races because you can win a season without winning a single race. Yeah, but you know what? I heard Kyle Busch on an interview today. Oh, by the way, I've been, like, following NASCAR this last week. <laughs> but Kyle Busch had an interview where he said um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. asked him because he lost the race and he started bashing the other drivers. And he was like... Yeah, I uh, or Dale Earnhardt was like, don't you have the points system? He's like, yeah, I can fall back on my insurance, but my premiums are going to go through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, uh, yeah, I trust what Dylan says because uh, I looked at the Martinsville Speedway, and it's got RV parking. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, all good, all good speedways, too. <laughs> that blew it's my mind. It's a weekend. It it's was a weekend bitching. <laughs> like, I was so jealous of everybody in that photo. What, uh, well, I mean, like, they got to be responsible. So, you know, when you're drinking your beers, you got to have somewhere to sleep. 
Mm-hmm. What uh? Where was this that he contacted us? Because I didn't see it on Twitter. It, it was on our Instagram post where we posted that. the Wheaties box of uh, uh, of Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> and uh, also our friend OptiGrab on Twitter, who we tweet with uh, very regularly, he had some uh, some NASCAR tidbits about his family being a big NASCAR fan. So it's nice of him to share that with us as well. And since we're doing shoutouts, we're uh, I want to shout out the real Jackie Robinson. That guy's the <laughs> fucking man. Yeah, I don't know how many times we've we've offered this on our episodes but uh we do make a playlist of all the music that we hear on the show uh either from the show or from our episodes and we compile it uh in order of how we release our episodes so if any of these songs sound interesting or you just want to listen to a playlist with a bunch of king of the hill themed music then uh you can just check out order the straight arrow is the name of the playlist on spotify and while you're there, you can also listen to us on Spotify. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, we uh, we try very hard now for our for our music that we put into it to have all the relevance to the episodes. So some are obvious, some aren't. So uh, have Dude, fun. It's yeah. a pretty fun game to try and figure it out if you don't uh, and, uh, know why we play a song when we play it. <laughs> it if the playlist is good, let me know because I don't have Spotify, so I don't know what's <laughs> on. So uh, that was our listener feedback segment. Uh, it turns out there wasn't a lot of corrections that we had to make on the last episode, so go us for uh, doing our research. Yeah, where I like actually said, I don't even know how any of this works. I guess <laughs> clearly nobody does. Yeah, exactly. I did get NASCAR Heat on yeah, the PS4. We played it quite a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good game. It's a pretty good game. Pretty excited for the race this weekend in Richmond. <laughs> Thanks for Saturday, the invite. Saturday, you guys coming over? <laughs> coming over Saturday? All right, so let's take it to the historian for some episode info. This is episode 22 of season two. It is entitled Peggy's Turtle Song. <clears throat> Originally aired on May 10th, 1998. The uh, writer for this episode is Brent Forrester. He's an occasional voice actor. This is his only writing credit on King of the Hill. He'd come from The Simpsons before, and he'd gone on to be the producer and writer for The Office. Mm-hmm. He was Leon, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yes. a voice yeah, actor. He was Leon yeah. Pittard. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. He strictly rules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the director for this episode was Jeff Myers. He's uh, pretty well known, I feel, at this point. We've seen him direct Plastic White Female, Texas City Twister. He has an 11 total credits as director with Koth. And, yeah, the synopsis is Peggy quits her job and takes up guitar lessons. <laughs> Alrighty, in this episode, uh, there's no cold open, unfortunately, but uh, the first scene we see, it's Bobby in the kitchen, and it's breakfast, and he's wolfing down a couple bowls of Grandma's Cookie Crunch Oatmeal Cereal. Peggy comes in, and she's rushing around, and she's late because she's substituting for a field trip today, and she's trying to remember what that dang Jingle John... (laughs) John Jingleheimer Schmidt, how that tune goes. What he does, but Bobby informs her that he goes out, he shouts, and not a lot is known about him after that. (laughs) Uh, Peggy Peggy rushes off to work, and Hank comes in. Um, This is after Bobby's had, I think, four bowls of cereal. Bobby has one himself. Peggy says, make sure you have two, so we can assume his count's up to three, (laughs) and we can also assume he's drowning this in sugar. (laughs) Well, I mean, Hank even advises him. What is that, oatmeal? Better put some sugar on that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when Hank's just like, oh, your mom didn't make you breakfast? He's like, do we have any cereal? And Bobby's like, I believe we do. (laughs) He's tweaking out on fucking sugary cereal. I guess this whole episode just spawned from Bobby just having too much sugar one day because he never usually acts like this. It makes me wonder if, like, the reason that I have ADD is because I eat nothing but Fruit Loops and Captain Crunch for breakfast. <laughs> you mix the two, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> if you get the corn pops on top of the Fruit Loops, they have a little life preserver. <laughs> so in the next scene, we're brought to Tom Landry Middle School, uh, and Bobby is trying to learn about mothers throughout history. All right, now, as you all know, Mother's Day is coming up, and I thought it might be fun to talk about some of the famous moms throughout history who... Own slaves. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's ruthless. Yeah, that is ruthless. Like, why? Where's Bobby's head at? Yeah, he's on a different planet right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so he keeps kind of having this back and forth with the teacher, trying to finish her sentence, but, like... It's obvious what she's... She's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I 
like, you can kind of hear like a smattering of like giggles like from the rest of the class. <laughs> it's like, what's going on with Bobby? Yeah, like, and I don't even think he's doing it for that class clown fame. I think he's just doing it for himself. Yes, what I was going to say. say. Going to say we heard the preview and I get to the feature. Bobby, 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 Bobby. 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 <laughs> so obviously this outburst uh, drives him to go into, I guess, what I would... So this outburst, I would have assumed it went to the principal's office, but it goes right to the school nurse. There's clearly something wrong with this kid. Yeah. Well, you see how fast he runs? Oh, like, he's... He never runs. He never moves that quick. <laughs> he sprints out of the class to the nurse's office. If only Hank was there to see that. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, Hank also has to leave work and go down to the school to speak with the nurse. Hank's kind of cross with her because he doesn't understand why his symptoms haven't been diagnosed, you know, sooner. And she follows up with what I thought was a very interesting line, and I'll tell you why. Well, how come nobody ever noticed this before? Very few people have access to the pamphlets. I do. So the nurse is uh, its voiced by Beth Grant, uh, who you may know as the uh, teacher, Kitty Farmer from Donnie Darko. And it's funny that she mentions pamphlets. What exactly did you say to Ms. Farmer? I'll tell you what he said. He asked me to forcibly insert the lifeline exercise cart into my anus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that line will always stick with me from that movie. If you haven't seen Donnie Darko, watch it. Yeah, watch it like 30 times and get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me what it means. <laughs> she's also featured in Speed, No Country for Old Men, and Little Miss Sunshine. So she's quite a well-known actress, and she's still working today, and uh, she's got a very recognizable face. She, she does look a little bit like the nurse. That's funny. I don't watch a lot of movies, but I've seen all of those, and I like all of those movies. Yeah, so. Speed's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Hank's in here, and he's like trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with his son, but... He doesn't quite understand. He thinks that maybe there's some kind of operation. <laughs> yeah, that's better than pills. Yeah. Yeah, just give him a lobotomy. I don't want to take in any pills. <laughs> yeah. I like their I like his his response to the alternative of sending him to a school where he's going to be forced to button his own shirt. <laughs> you know that's his weakness. <laughs> you bastards. Later when Hank's explaining the pamphlet to Peggy, he thinks all the pills just sound like goofatol. Yeah. <laughs> Ritalin, Silert, Tofranil, Desipramine. All sounds like goofathol to me. So Ritalin and Silert are ADHD medications. Uh, you know, Ritalin's very popular. I'm sure most of you know it's meant to focus, keep you focused and control behavior problems and organize tasks and improve listening skills. But uh, Silert is no longer available in the U.S. and probably for the laundry list of side effects that it has. It was like an uh, advert for Pepto-Bismol and mesothelioma in one. I'll kind of skip over all that. Uh, and then the uh, Tofranil, or whatever he said, and Desipramine are more antidepressants. So I don't know what uh, Nurse thinks wrong with Bobby after one session. Uh, he doesn't look depressed. He's genuinely a pretty happy kid. He's just <laughs> high on sugar. They would have yeah. waited half an hour. He would have crashed and fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> shit. But then we wouldn't have this episode. Yeah, very true. So Hank and Peggy, they, uh, they can continue discussing uh, Bobby's diagnosis. And Peggy blames herself, saying that she should have been there and that maybe she's working too much. And Hank goes on to say that his mom never worked a day in her life. And family is what mattered to her. I just love Hank's face over Peggy's shoulder when she suggests that she might not <laughs> spend so much time at work. He's all for it. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's got attention deficit disorder... Maybe the boy's not getting enough attention. Which is not really what it means. No, it's... I laughed really hard when Peggy's like, am I crazy? Like, is it, am I crazy to quit my job? And Hank's like, no, Bobby's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're just thinking out loud. <laughs> but uh, eventually they decide, um, Peggy asks Hank if she will, if he will support her if she wants to quit her job, and Hank's all for it. Oh, yes, and, he is. Uh, next scene, it's Hank and Bobby the next day. Mm-hmm, having the talk, but not the usual talk. This one is about drugs. So, do I smoke it or snort it or what? It's a pill, Bobby. So, I guess I'll just pop it then. 
He's been watching a lot of TV. <laughs> I mean, we do know that he watches after school specials a lot. That's true. So, mm-hmm. This is all common ground. He knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he watches Late Night at the Apollo, too. So. He does. Or Breakfast at the Apollo, breakfast I should say. Apollo. <laughs> and, like, Hank goes on to like, explain to Bobby, he's like, you've got a disease. He's like, but it's not a normal one. It's a disease in your brain. And Bobby just like smiles. <laughs> he has like, no idea what is going yeah. on or what his dad is talking about. He thinks it's like cool. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it, it's a quick scene. And then uh, it kind of moves along into breakfast. And I love how the family reacts to this. Like Luann will just... <laughs> Luann assumes that Bobby's gone. Like he's a vegetable <laughs> now. Bobby, do you know who I am? I'm Luann. Remember? He has ADD, Luann. He didn't get hit in the head with a coconut. <laughs> a coconut. <laughs> oh, man. We need more Luann. We Ooh. definitely do. Like, I really love... Like, we see a bit of her in this episode, and I, I loved I, her. I it. think this episode is a lost opportunity to hear what Luann would have, like, mm. done in... It. Like, maybe Luann was all like, oh, I love your green hair, and, like, maybe Luann... Tried oh. to get all punk rock feminist. Like, I would have loved that. That would have been really fun. I, I definitely would have liked to have seen Luann in this episode. Yeah, Luann, I think, is always the funniest when she's partnered up with Bobby. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's, uh, they're a great duo. And uh, we even see Peggy kind of be a little bit over the top when it comes to uh, Bobby's condition. Now that I'm not working, I had time to make you pancakes, and we've got eggs and bacon arranged in one of three facial expressions depending upon your mood. Fuck, I love that. <laughs> Flavor for your mood. <laughs> and uh, Hank chooses happy. <laughs> He's happy about this old-fashioned family breakfast, but Bobby couldn't fucking care less. He's just like, better go soon. Yeah, I'm going to miss my boss. <laughs> I just love that, like, Joseph's just, like, staring at him like he's some kind of, like, science experiment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Do you feel it yet? <laughs> like, he sure does. That pill's fucking really worked on Bobby. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like time slows down and he can focus on everything. <laughs> yeah, there's a fly on the school bus rubbing its legs like together. Guess, yeah, <laughs> it just sounds like the scratching of leather. And it's quite a long scene where Bobby just stares at it. <laughs> so with Bobby gone away from school... um. Peggy has time to, you know, herself. And she decides to go visit with uh, the other kind of housewives on Rainy Street. Yeah, and so these are the same women that, like, from the Boggle and from the, 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 pilot the bleachers and the pilot. And, like, if and my the pretty memory... flowers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they kind of took a drop off. We haven't seen them in a while, but... Uh... Every time they do come around, like, like, it seems to me, like, it's quite obvious to us that Peggy doesn't really like these girls. And, like, doesn't have a good interaction anytime they're around. She like, doesn't fit in, no. No, they're, no. On, they're on different wavelengths. Like, especially the, the one woman's like, well, for me, I clip coupons. That's how I stay busy. And the other ones are all like, oh, we all go crazy without coupons. And yeah, and they Peggy's all just start just, howling. And yeah. Peggy's, Peggy's like, what have I done? Yeah. What, yeah. Am, I, what am I doing? She gets a glimpse into these, like, terrifyingly boring suburban mm-hmm. lives that these women lead. and. Because, like, as much as we rip on Peggy, she's still got, you know, some passions. And, like, this is definitely giving up. Like, yeah, so, I mean, day one and her not being a substitute teacher anymore, she's already feeling the regrets pretty quick. <laughs> there are 96 ridges on every checker except this one. <laughs> I love that uh, Hank is just thoroughly enjoying the family game time. Hank says he's going to get his guitar like and play it like we did that one time. <laughs> I want to point out that Hank's at least gotten his guitar out three other occasions. That's true. In episodes. That's true. I'm glad you're keeping track of that. I am. I The Betsy watch, it's like, I love that it's still coming back because I was skeptical in that first mm-hmm. season was like... You're pretty pissed. <laughs> no, that... but I mean, they're doing good. They're doing well. They're bringing it back. I like it, but... Hank's not about to strum this guitar without some fresh strings. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've played guitar for a short period of my life, and I've never, like, noticed when I needed new strings. Like, he must you be need, a skilled vet. You need, no, I mean, I can see it if, if, if Hank... Well, we saw him play it in the last episode. Yeah. But if your guitar sits for a while, you're probably going to want some new strings when you and bust Hank, it out. Hank does go on to mention in this episode that Betsy is one of his most prized possessions. Yeah, so, so he's got to pamper He's going right? to meticulously maintain it like he does his other prize, most prized possessions, his lawnmower and his pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And where better to go 
to maintain your guitar. Oh, Earl's. We're heading on down to Earl's, and Peggy is looking for any excuse to leave the house. <laughs> this is fucking day one. She's already in the truck honking the horn She's before. <laughs> so yeah, we head on down to Earl's guitar shop, and uh, Earl's got some words of wisdom. Mm, funny. I never saw Peggy as the stay-at-home type. That's the only words he says in this episode. <laughs> it's funny, like, I mean... We can just assume that Earl doesn't really know Peggy that well at all. Like maybe the like the brief interactions they have, but he can read her better than Hank. Apparently, that she, she's not one to just sit around all day and make breakfast. Well, there's one thing that Earl knows: it's guitars, and they're very similar to women. <laughs> they both come with strings attached. He's got a million of them. Yeah. Where were those zingers this time, Earl? Yeah. And where was Les? I was thinking that. Like, where the hell is Les? Yeah, it would have been a. Nice to see our, our friend Les again, but um, as a, I would I would have liked to seen it like with Les in the back, like also like on ADD pills or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, when Hank's Hank's uh, conversating with Earl, Peggy's kind of just browsing around the store, looking at the instruments, and she sees a a tuning oh, fork, right? Yeah, she's got a tuning fork. She's playing with that, and then she sees a flyer on the bulletin board that has a uh, guitar lessons offered. And uh, yeah, she rips she rips off a number from the guitar lessons flyer, and the next time we see her, she's at. The Did you notice what coat she was wearing while she was in Earl's? Yeah, her she was wearing her boggle jacket. jacket. She was wearing the ball. I didn't want to let you leave Earl's without mentioning <laughs> that damn coat. That hideous fucking thing. Any Peggy episode, she's got that coat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is a theme. Like you know, Peggy's the star when she's got the coat. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, that's true. Every Peggy episode, she throws it on. <laughs> I mean, I like it. You know, it's, it shows that uh, she's got a storyline. Oh, of course. It's her thing, yeah. So the next scene is Peggy at her guitar lessons. And uh, this uh, girl that's delivering the lessons is quite the hip chick. Mm-hmm. She is very with it. She even has tattoos. <laughs> is that a tattoo? Uh-huh. You like it? Do I like it? Oh, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> she doesn't have an answer. <laughs> no. In the... Uh... Deleted scene, she basically stumbles through, like, keeps laughing. She's like, you know I can't have an opinion on that. (laughs) She's like, don't you understand? (laughs) Uh, But I would, I guess now would be the best time to touch on this uh, Emily character. She is voiced by singer, guitar player, Annie DeFranco. Annie DeFranco was born Angela Maria DeFranco in Buffalo, New York on September 23rd. So, happy early birthday, Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she this be- episode will be airing September 23rd. Will it? Well, happy birthday, mm-hmm. Annie. Uh, she became an emancipated minor at the age of 15, and that meant she lived on her own. Uh, she graduated Buffalo Academy of Visual and Performing Arts at the age of 16, and then went on to attend Buffalo State College. I'm, I'm fucking confused, because Buffalo is not a fucking state. Buffalo <laughs> <But laughs> State? I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it. Whatever. Um... But she then released her self-titled debut album in 1989 at the age of 19. Uh, since then, she's been well-known as an activist for, uh, like, a lot of causes. Uh, she's out as bisexual. She's got some children. She's got a bunch of albums. And, uh, yeah, she's still making Joanne. music. And she's just busy. She's, like, looking at her stuff. She's really busy. I, I personally hadn't really ever heard of her. Yeah, she she actually started her own record label at age nineteen called Righteous Babe Records, which is which is still going to this day. Her and her partner that she started Righteous Babe Records with actually bought like an old old church in Buffalo that was like just like kind of run down, but it was super cool. Like it's massive, it's stone, it looks like kind of like a Gothic theme, and it was about to be like completely flat. And they bought it, restored it. Now it's like a twelve hundred seat uh, concert venue. Sweet, called Dope. called Babeville. Baby. <laughs> yeah, like she's had a like I don't think any of us had ever heard of her before, but she was very successful in the nineties for what she did and she collaborated with Cindy Lauper. Uh Prince covered a couple of her songs and even Chuck D of Public Enemy covered one of her songs. Wait, wait, wait. They covered her? That's an honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean I would also point out that Chuck D remember when that remember when the Chris Rock episode happened? Uh yeah. And there was that like DJ version of the king of the hill song that was done by chuck d oh nice yeah i don't know why i didn't i I looked forever to try and find that on the time 
and then if I just went to the next disc on the DVDs, oh, it, it it's just like right there. It's like Chuck D version of King of the Hill theme. That's like, badass, eh? That's but it's cool. really good. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's quality, Chuck D. Um, yeah, no, I mean, she seems pretty cool. I kind of like, I kind of like some of the stuff. I, I yeah, like. she's yeah, she's a she's cool. She um she relocated to New Orleans um just before Hurricane Katrina. Her house was spared, but like there was so much devastation that she got some of her music friends together and they started a foundation to raise money to replace instruments of all the musicians that had their instruments stolen. They raised like over 50 grand. And in grand. New Orleans? That's yeah. a fucking lot. Yeah. And those aren't just cheap guitars. Those are horns. Yeah. Those are expensive. <laughs> they yeah. get rusted. You weren't kidding when she was involved in a lot of causes. Oh my God, so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. like her her thing. And it's not one overwhelming mm-hmm. of any, like in any way, like race, like sexual orientation. Yeah, like natural mm-hmm. disaster, AIDS, like anything. Like she was all about just mm-hmm. helping people. Mm-hmm. And um, she basically is like Emily. Like, Emily is her. <laughs> yeah. She was married in Canada. Oh, what? Yeah. Woo. And it's pretty cool to see her dynamic with Peggy in this episode. Because obviously, like, Peggy admires that spirit, right? Like, Peggy's all for it, but she's very traditional as well. So it's, like, nice to see two worlds collide with the same kind of scope on life. And Well, Peggy wants to do, uh, like, that's the thing is, like, Peggy wants to say, like, yes. I'm all about this life and I can do anything I want. But, like, she also doesn't want to, like, alienate Hank. Mm-hmm. And, like, she loves Hank. And so, like, if... Yeah, it's a fine line that Peg has to walk. So Peggy goes on to say that she wants to play music because she's got so much free time. She talks to Emily that... Or she tells Emily that, no, she's she was forced to quit her job to look after her son. And uh, Emily says that, yeah, I... Uh, when I first started playing music, that's what I thought I was doing, too, was just killing time. But it turns out she just wanted a voice to scream with. Fucking A. And then Peggy just starts screaming. Oh, in the <laughs> she, she's actually quite frightening. The animation of when she's screaming at the end there. Oh, like, Emily hates it. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I don't know if my husband would approve of screaming. And then she just, like, shrieks. And he's like, well, maybe he'll have to get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> she scares the, like She scares that punk Emily, too. And, like, she has a tattoo. <laughs> I love her apartment. There's just like candles everywhere, like weird posters and like glasses of wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's that alien poster with a cat in the hat. Huh? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Expand your mind, man. <laughs> um, but uh, this next scene is probably, I mean, hands down, best quote in the episode. Stinger. There's some milk in the fridge that's about to go bad. And there it goes. <laughs> so this medication he's taking gives him superpowers. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I thought Luann said at first was, oh, I'm jealous of your superpowers. But she actually says that uh, she's jealous of his pills. And that's kind of when we first see Luann's got a little bit of a uh, intention here. Well, yeah, I mean, she could probably use something. Yeah, that's for definitely. sure. Um, but yeah, and then at this, we get a cutaway here to Hank out in the alley with all the guys, and he's bragging about how he doesn't have enough windowsills for all these pies that Peggy's baking. Well, there's worse problems, and, and you know who's got them. Oh, Bill. Bill. Yeah, you, you're a lucky man, Hank. You know, my ex-wife, she was a careerist, you know, and one day I had to say to her, honey, make a choice. It's either me or the motivational poster industry. Boy, I wish I hadn't said that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a perfect, like, line of work for Bill's ex-wife to be in. Like, imagine being in that relationship, and she'd probably tell herself so many of these quotes every single day to get through the day, and eventually she just made money off of it. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, And Dale, obviously, you know, he's got a little bit of a different angle. He knows what's going on here. You know what the root of the problem is, don't you? Feminism. Gloria Steinbrenner, that's what started it. Gerald Ford should have killed her when he had the chance. God, where's the tip of the spear? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's still vacant, so uh, <laughs> I have to dig down this wormhole. Way vacant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the, just starting what Dale says off is funny because he doesn't even have her name right. It's not Gloria Steinbrenner, it's Gloria Steinem. 
<laughs> like he just, like he's just. Steinbrenner he's, sounds familiar. Isn't that like a director or something? No, it's the, the, the New Yankees. York Yankees. Oh. <laughs> but uh, Gloria, in peace. Yeah, sorry. Gloria Steinem is an American feminist, journalist, and social political activist who became nationally recognized as a leader and spokeswoman for the American feminist movement in the late 1960s and early 1970s. In 1969, she published an article called After, ba- After Black Power, Woman's Liberation, which brought her to national fame as a feminist leader. Um, she was like a very, very accomplished journalist. She went on to interview John Lennon, actually. Uh, she co-founded a magazine called Miss, which sold out all 300,000 test copies in just eight days. Um, in more recent uh, work she's done, in 2005, she founded the Women's Media Center with Jane Fonda and Robin Morgan which is to promote women uh, just in, in the media. And um, in her personal life, in 2000, she married David Bale, who is the father of actor Christian Bale. Oh, nice. But uh, it didn't last very long. Unfortunately, David Bale passed away three years later. But what Dale's talked about here with Gerald Ford, it doesn't really make any sense because Gerald Ford was actually like on the same side as Gloria Steinem. Uh, Gerald Ford actually provided $5 million to fund the, the first ever national women's conference. And yeah, he. Uh, so it, Dale just, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking no, about. Yeah, Dale just wanted uh, him to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to say a little something that's long overdue. The disrespect to women has got to be through. To all the mothers and the sisters and the wives and friends, I want to offer my love and respect to the end. R.I.P. MCA. <laughs> we Matanya for MCA. <laughs> we Matanya MCA. We Matanya. And, uh,. I, you know what I would have loved? Because there's a deleted, or I guess an extended scene here that I wish they would have kept in because it really puts Dale in his place for uh, his disrespect towards women here. Because he's saying that, you know, women make twice as much as men in working America. And Hank's like, well, that's not true. And he says, in my household it is. <laughs> <laughs> She's buying him cartons of cigarettes. What does he care? <laughs> It still seems generous. He gets two bucks a lawn spring. <laughs> hey, that's the deal he makes out for friends. Right. But he still hasn't taken Dale's dead bug public yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the guys are kind of interrupted with the guitar teacher coming to teach Peggy. And, uh, I mean, of course, Bill's got a hot take. <laughs> yeah, Hank, that, that gal there, she dressed kind of pro-choice. <laughs> <laughs> She's, I think the irony is she's dressed almost in the same as Bill. Sleep <laughs> <laughs> top jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Work boots. Yeah. Yeah, Bill is definitely more offensive in that tank top than she is. God, and that smell. I like when she shows up and she's like, oh, I'm looking for the Hill House. And Hank's like, the Hank Hill House? And she's like, the Peggy Hill House? Yeah. <laughs> They sit down in the kitchen first, and they're having a couple, they're just having a little meeting about, like, songs that Peggy wants to learn, chords that she wants to learn, and this is the first time in the episode where Peggy goes, oh, I actually have a little tune that I, that popped into my head the other day. There once was a turtle that lived in her shell. The shell was her home and her prison as well. She's got something there. Whoa. There's something to that. And Peggy, she knows, too. She goes, I had a feeling it was very, very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like the confidence coming out of Peggy on this one. <laughs> yeah. Six words. I, I like the, I like the, how her little trick to remember the scales. Oh, man. Yeah. As she's leaving, uh, Peggy recites back to her. Every girl band deserves funding. Great. I will remember that. What would be uh, F-A-C-E? Feminism always comes extreme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Uh, It's funny, um, as the guitar teacher is leaving, Hank's just kind of like uh, meandering around the the entrance there, and he's just like, oh, your new guitar teacher sure looks interesting, and by interesting, I mean weird. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, yeah, weird, as in interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But Peggy, of course... Invites her over for dinner as she does with all of her new friends. Look how well it worked out with the soup and newsome phones. And the uh, archaeologist. Yes. Yeah, there's bad things happen when Peggy invites people over for dinner. Well, I mean, number one is that Peggy cooks dinner. So (laughs) that's the first bad thing that goes wrong. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get a shout out to anything that Peggy made, you know? 
Yeah. Hey, that whole dinner just revolved around Bobby sleeping with his eyes. I open. love it. <laughs> When's my next pill? <laughs> I love he just sticks his tongue out slowly. Yeah. Oh god, it's so good. <laughs> the dinner is super funny. How um, like the riffing off of each other between Hank and Emily, mm-hmm. and um. Emily really picks apart, like, everything Hank has to say. But, like, Hank says a lot of things that deserve to be picked apart. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, right in front of her, he calls Betsy his most prized possession, where she's just like, oh, like, your wife isn't? Like, I assume that's why she's like, <laughs> well, oh, interesting. does she really want to? Like, that sounds like entrapment. Because, like, does does Emily really want to hear Hank refer to his wife as, as his possession. possession? That's true. I walked into that one. <laughs> yeah. you and, I got entrapped there. <laughs> well, she starts, like, chirping off about how, like, Hank's got this super fancy vintage guitar. It's a Guild Solid Top 1963 guitar nicknamed Betsy. That's right, it is. And Peggy's using some old chunky plywood one. And then yeah. she kind of just like scorn, like sh- like scorns Hank's like, oh, you named your guitar Betsy. Interesting. And you yeah. see Hank like kind of frown. <laughs> like, uh, like she doesn't like it that it's a girl's name? I, yeah, I don't. I just think she doesn't like anything that Hank's about to do. That makes sense. Like, I she's just, just against it before I think he says she it. she just doesn't like Hank. Yep. I think she... Because, like, I don't know. It's not a... I mean, I guess it is a... It is sort of like a a lamer old man thing to do to name your possessions. Like, mm-hmm. especially girls' names. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> Betsy. Like, that's, like, not something I've heard of many people doing any longer. So I could see if I was, like, some punk in the 90s to be like, oh... You named your guitar. Like, you fucking nerd. <laughs> so I think it's less like a feminist thing and more just a, like, you're, like, You're lame. old and lame. Yeah. yeah. Can you pass me a beer? Me as well, please. Yes. But this dinner's super funny. Like, Emily knows, like, exactly what she's doing and, like, what to do to piss Hank off, right? She's just, like, Hank's just like, oh, you know, I heard you've been, uh, you know, talking. Can I have a tiger shark? Yeah. Sweet. Talking with uh, Peggy, uh, you know putting ideas in her head and whatnot. <laughs> and then uh, they continue their, their conversation. And uh, at one point, Emily just, like, ignores Hank and turns back to Peggy and starts talking to her. And Hank, like, you'd see him frown. And later on, he's like, you're not married, are you, Emily? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that line that you mentioned, I do want to touch on that because uh, she mentions the greeting card company. The greeting card companies invented this holiday in 1914, and now the whole country celebrates another stereotype of what women are supposed to be. You're not married, are you, Emily? What she's referring to is kind of widely known as a Hallmark holiday, uh, like Mother's Day is. There's also Grandparents' Day, Sweetest Day, Boss's Day. What's Sweetest Day? I was going to let you know at the end. Oh, it's pretty sweet. Secretary's Day, Teacher Appreciation Day, International Women's Day, and International Men's Day. Uh, we're all made up. And then some people consider, to a lesser extent, St. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, and Father's Day to also be Hallmark holidays. Hallmark Corporation maintains that it can't take credit for creating holidays. <laughs> but uh, I knew that you'd be interested in Sweetest Day, so I looked that up. Um, and it is a day to share romantic deeds or expressions. And there's only 10 states and parts of two states that observe Sweetest Day. And it's basically, you know, a day that companies created to make you buy chocolate. Oh, I get it, sweets. I thought it was like things that were sweet, not things that tasted sweet. Well, it would be the things that were the sweetest. But um, just because we're on the topic of made-up holidays, I just wanted to let the listeners know what made-up holidays were on the day that this airs, September 23rd. Um, so there were 11 holidays that I found, but I picked out you know the most interesting and relevant ones. So uh, the first one was the September equinox also known as the Autumn Equinox in Japan. It's also a satanic holiday. Okay, well, whatever. So hail Satan. There's also, which is interesting because of our kind of guest star on this episode, this is International Celebrate Bisexuality Day. Wow, well, there you go. So cheers to that. And it's also National Great American Pot Pie Day. We're taking some pot shots at that holiday. (laughs) You guys don't celebrate that particular holiday? (laughs) Actually, I celebrated a bit early. I made pot pies the other day. Solid. Quite delicious. I celebrated National Snack Stick Day by having a cheese string today. <laughs> Amen. Let's cheers to that. So it's just any, anything that's like a stick-shaped snack? Uh, that's what I'd imagine. So I'm I, I'm sure it's pretzel sticks, but like, fuck those. Whoa. 
gives me some good mustard. I'm, I'm all I'm all game for that. I love pretzels. It, it's not pretzel stick and mustard day though. Well, with a little bit of creativity, you know, it could be. Yeah, I mean, they're all made up anyway. So yeah, it is the Mother's Day recital uh, coming up that Peggy's been invited to perform at. Hank in or <clears throat> and Emily, Emily wants sort of her thing to be like a pot shot at Mother's Day, and Hank doesn't get it. Why would you want to take a pot shot at Mother's Day? Yeah, <laughs> and he's got big plans, big big plans for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Brunch. All day brunch. All day brunch. All day brunch. And like Emily's recital, she's just like, yeah, we just we take over the back room at Earl's. Me and some of my students drink some wine, and like, that's not fucking Mother's Day for Hank. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. No, he's not down with it. I mean, he is sort of missing the point that like Mother's Day is you do what mom wants to do. Yeah. If like, mom wants to go hang out with all of her feminine fr- feminist <laughs> friends and take pot shots at Mother's Day, then she <laughs> should do that. Yeah. Yeah, if if mom wants you to sit in the basement with her and watch Schindler's List because you've been saying Jew a lot, <laughs> you have to do that on Mother's Day. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Mostly I just go to the beach. It's fine. Mom likes the beach. Mom does like the beach. Uh, yeah, preach to the beach. Mm-hmm. Piggy practices. So Emily leaves the Hill household uh, and... Peggy's stoked. You know, she's really excited for this mm-hmm. recital. Like, she's, yeah, she's actually really looking forward to it. And um, she's in the living room practicing her song. And she's kind of really slowly, like, singing the lyrics and strumming a chord very stro- very slowly. And each time she does, you can hear Hank groaning from behind his Arlen Bystander he's reading. He <laughs> is reading the Arlen Bystander. Give a little shout-out to the Arlen Bystander. Wimitanya for the Arlen Bystander. Wimitanya. Wimitanya. <laughs> Go and follow him on Instagram. <laughs> Get all your news of all things Arlen. But Hank doesn't like the slow music that Peggy's playing. He thinks that it needs some injection of excitement, some fun. And Peggy says it won't work with this song. And Hank, uh, back off, Peggy. Yeah, but I think I know something about music, having listened to it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like, in, just in the, like, quickly in between, like, Hank and Peggy kind of sort of escalating their argument. Oh, you see Bobby and, Lu- and Ladybird get up at the exact same time. He's like, <gasps> Luann's home. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking missed that. <laughs> yeah, Bobby with his super senses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and as has the attention of a fucking dog. <laughs> he, he noticed it before Ladybird did. <laughs> well, Ladybird's a bit lazy. <laughs> I love, I love Hanks. Just. Says you want to play punk music with your hippie friends on boring old Mother's Day. What a sentence, eh? Like, what a sentence. I fucking I want that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> play punk music with your hippie friends on boring old Mother's Day. Yeah, and uh, and Peggy is kind of like, and Peggy's upset. She's like, I like we just said, Peggy can do whatever she wants on Mother's Day. It's her day. It is the truth. And Hank just has to pick a bone with her. And say, well, you can't do anything you want. You can't kill a man. You can't. <laughs> well, you can't. Uh, if but, your defense was it was Mother's Day and I'm allowed to do whatever I want, that wouldn't hold up. No, that that would not hold up in court. You'd definitely get put away. So he's not wrong, so she shouldn't go to her thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, argument. And with that attitude, they'll put you in the hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that was just a bizarre argument. <laughs> Hank and Peggy. Yeah. Like, no. Hank's, well, Hank, this is a desperation. He's lost at yeah. this point. He Hank's, knows he's not winning. Hank is reaching. Like, he's never yeah. reached before <laughs> yeah. for Peggy not to go to this recital. So, I mean, like, who does he turn to once he's lost a battle? Mm-hmm. What is Mama? Yeah. Next. Well, now we're on Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. It's the next day. It's the yeah morning time, I assume. And Hank's on the phone with his mom. And uh, so this is our uh, second appearance at Tilly Hill. And uh, she's still voiced by country music legend Tammy Wynette. But Gary, who originally was voiced by Carl Reiner, is not in this episode. Gary is, in fact, voiced by Maurice LaMarche, who we met, uh, speaking of yeah, the Arrowhead, he, he was the archaeologist, Professor John Lerner. Oh, yeah. oh. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, I Fan guess, of Peggy, maybe. Yeah, and uh, I guess so. Um, and yeah, we talked about Maurice in that episode. He's just a very, very accomplished voice actor. He's got like over 500 credits to his mm-hmm. name. This isn't the old man uh, from Kane Scredeberg episode, is it? No. Oh, different, different guy. That, L- was, that was Pops. Let's take a listen to his voice. I hope you like it. <laughs> I can't return it. 
It's a damn fine Carl Reiner impersonation. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess Carl what Reiner. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, that I like. I guess Carl Reiner was just busy because he returns the next time we see Gary, which is in a, a season five episode. Yeah, but I mean, this that, is like but... he probably demands like a, a pretty good pay, and this is one line. And um, it was actually uh, interestingly enough Tammy Wynette's final ever acting role. Um, she actually passed away on April 6, 1998, one month before the episode aired. Well, let's give a round table we were talking to Tammy Wynette. Wimma Tanya! She was a legend. But on a lighter note... You can refer to our episode, The Unbearable Blindness of Lang, if you'd like to learn more, more about, about her. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know if you guys noticed, I think you didn't cause I watched the episode with you guys and nobody laughed, but I fucking love this line that Hank does as soon as he calls his mom. Happy mother's day, mom. I wish I was there to shake your hand in person. <laughs> I, I did catch that. Okay. I thought it was, it reminded me of like, I was re-listening to our episode there. Um, and, uh, when, when Hank says he wouldn't hug. Bobby, if he was his son. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like more in line with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, like when they when we first meet Tilly in that uh, unbearable blindness thing at the airport, when she goes to give Hank a hug and he goes to shake her hand. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a running running joke for sure. And uh, yeah, so Hank's like he's kind of like pouring his heart out to his mom there, talking about Mother's Day, and he goes, you know, you never worked a day in your life, and she goes, oh no, I took every odd job I could. She's like, remember that time I drove a taxi and he's just like I remember you had a yellow car so like this idyllic lifestyle that Hank imagined his mother had being a stay-at-home mom really wasn't that great especially with cotton there and you know oh. it ended in a very sticky divorce I imagine <laughs> well, I mean for the better she's <laughs> Happy now. Yeah, and uh, Tilly actually quickly cuts Hank off because Gary shows up with her Mother's Day present and is, in fact, him naked. <laughs> yeah, it's a birthday suit and he can't return it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wish he would. No, because once that's cut, it's it's cut for life. <laughs> <laughs> What's with those two? Do they ever stop fucking? <laughs> <laughs> Seattle, oh, Hank, Hank's gonna go deaf if they forget to hang the phone up. It's <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> a whole other episode. <laughs> Why are you doing laundry? <laughs> Please close the door. <laughs> but uh, so we get a quick shot of uh, our favorite combo, Luann and Bobby. And Bobby is uh, about to take his pill, and Luann is uh, basically convincing him that she needs it more. Well, she's convinced now that there are magic pills that she can't study. She can't mm -hmm. concentrate. Well, she tried to think about why she couldn't study, and she got bored. Yeah, well, <laughs> fair enough. I tried to study for my beauty exam, but I couldn't concentrate. And then I tried to figure out why, and, and I got bored. You must have caught my ADD. And I know when, too. It was that time I sneezed in your face. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, you were asleep. What the fuck, Bobby? <laughs> this has happened a couple times because he's read her diary, too. <laughs> Even though she suspected he did. <laughs> See, now, I, yeah, on a specific date, I have, I, have a, I have a theory, and it's that similar to the fly making noise, I'm thinking maybe Bobby was just, like, really, like, taken by some noise she made in her sleep, and he just, like, stared at it like that fly. Oh. <laughs> like, he just keyed in to, like, it and just... And then sneezed. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> and, I mean, like, that is a good, like, because that's, because, I mean, that's how you catch ADD. Sneezing, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, definitely, well, it's yeah, airborne. It's, it's airborne, yeah. It is airborne. Mm-hmm. Uh, ADD was released uh, via the computer game Tetris uh, <laughs> as a way of <laughs> uh, encouraging America's workforce to not get any work done. Is that why you were playing Tetris when we were trying to do our research? I play Tetris is that what every you're single doing? morning. I heard just beeps coming from your computer or your phone. It's a vaguely catchy Russian tune. <laughs> it is a good tune. And, uh, at the end of this scene, we see Luann just, like, grip the pill out of Bobby's hand, and she pops it, and 
off she goes. Yeah. See and Bobby's around. like okay with it. Well, I mean, like like we hear later, Bobby's pretty sick of it, right? And I mean, I will say one thing that like I do have ADD. Not ADHD, but I do have ADD. And I've been on the pills when I was 15. Uh, and I fucking hated them. Like, they turn you into a bit of a zombie and, like, just nothing's fun and it was it's just lame. It's no good. I didn't like it. <laughs> There's a, what's Akira say? What's the back of the coat say? He's got a pill. It says good for health, bad for education. <laughs> nice. Well, it is still Mother's Day. And I'm very happy on this little cameo that we got. There is no credited voice actor, but we do, in fact, get to meet Mrs. Boomhauer. Yeah, I tell you what, Hank, I've come out here like here. It's uncredited? I mean, I assume <laughs> it is like the voice of Boomhauer, like either pitched up or sped up. Mike Judge, I yeah, think it's yeah. Toby Haas. Really? It's I, hard mean, to I hear too much boom. Hammer. I don't hear Mike Judge. Well, that's why I think that it's like, uh, like digitally modified. Yeah, it right? could have been. Could have been. Yeah. I just like if I close my eyes and think about that, I I can hear Toby Huss. It's like, yeah, I I was thinking it was Mike Judge, but you know, altered in some way because like. Can we get it one more time? Play, re, replay the tape. Yeah, I tell you what, Hank, I've come out here like that. You never dang a rush, man. I raise this boy right in this little old big bit like the best dang dang here. <laughs> He's like, Boomhauer seems like it's kind of like an easy, like, a person, like, an easy, like, voice to impersonate. But when you actually go and do it, you can get, like, dang old man, and then you, like, you run out of things to say. So it, it sounds to me like it's just a bunch of sentences that are trying to say the same thing. But start differently. Yeah, dang old porky butthole, man. <laughs> dang old meemaw. But Hank sees uh, Boomhauer drive away with his mother uh, just before they're off to the Mother's Day recital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hank, uh, he's, he's upset. Like, we see Peggy leave to go to the recital, and he's just kind of walking around the house. He's, you can tell he's like kind of low. He's down on himself. He cracks a beer. And he peeks into Peggy's office, which is actually just that, like, hot water tank closet. But he starts looking at, like, her trophies that she has so proudly displayed and the pictures of her with, like, all of her children. That's when it starts to dawn on Hank that he – there's no way that she can go on not Yeah, I anymore. love the calendar bit. Like, that – it just well, yeah, really – it's like a real – because, yeah, you do see the, the pictures and the trophies. But the calendar really says everything that – Because she was so busy. Yeah. Until – she went to the coupon club, and then she just had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, kind of sad. And Hank, maybe I mean, maybe the song did have a bit, cause like I mean, it's pretty like, I don't know, on the nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you could see, like yeah, it was it was like two weeks of nothing, and then like Mother's Day recital circled Super with like yeah. no, it was two weeks of fucking extended coupon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the one Monday two weeks before was coupon gathering, and like it was just. <laughs> So next we see Peggy at the uh, rock show with her punk hippie friends. And there's a solid song, which me and, and, and Runs With Bins are assuming it's sung by... Annie DeFranco. What do you think? Met a guy in my boxing class I slept with him before I kicked his ass <laughs> The cheers in this audience just make me so happy. Like, I laugh so hard at all the cheers that, that they get. I'll, I'll play a clip for you when, when the time is right. <laughs> so now, yeah, the recitals, uh, it's underway. The first, that's it, a hard act to follow, that boxing, sleeping with, like, song. That, oh, yeah. that was a tough chick there. <laughs> it's, like, it's funny because, like, it's not what you expect. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you go, honey. But, yeah, Peggy's, Peggy's nervous, and Emily says... Something along the lines of, when it comes from the heart, it always means something, or something like that. It was a very quotable quote. I can't remember it, it but was it was a very quotable, quotable quote, quote. But not enough for me to quote it. Probably one of Bill's wife's posters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we see... Um... Bobby. Oh, yeah. Bobby and Hank, they show up with uh, Hank's guitar, his Guild Solid Top 1963, mm-hmm. named Betsy. Mm-hmm. And he's just, you know, we just got some fresh strings on there. It's all tuned up, ready for Peg to do her debut 
gig here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very special guitar for a very special song. Yeah, yeah. very, very special say, woman. I like how like how excited Bobby is for his mom. There, he understands the, like you know because he's not on his pills anymore. This whole episode, he's been just a zombie. Like he hasn't been aware of what's going on. Now he's like, or he's yeah, been hyper he's, aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's very he's very attentive. He's very. Yeah, I mean, and you can understand like the magnitude of his mom never being a performer. Well, I mean, in her eyes, she's a performer as a teacher. But I mean, getting up there in a crowd of those rowdy drunk women yeah. <laughs> and singing this song she wrote. Well, he's happy to. Well, yeah, he's happy to celebrate Mother's Day the way mom wants to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Peggy gets up. She gets introduced by Annie and, or sorry, by Emily. <laughs> and uh, she starts singing, and it's quite like a, like a long. Like she had, she adds a lot more verses to the song, uh, and it's quite long. We won't play all of it for you, but what I will play for you is the cheers. But then came a moment of terrible doubt. She could not find any head hole to poke out. Get rid of that control <laughs> it's, it's so deep like, you can hear like the crowd of women all screaming about like how bad this man is and you can see Hank in the back and his cheeks just go red and he's like getting all like, uncomfortable oh, Bobby's like I think this I thought this song was just about a turtle and he's like yeah, so did I it's like it's the she woman man haters club <laughs> but she uh, like Peggy starts to struggle she gets kind of flustered and overwhelmed by the crowd and she forgets the lyrics she raw well, she said she raw <laughs> This is the uh, the kind of the balancing act that uh, the historian and I were just talking about at the beginning of this episode, uh, because she's literally torn between her you know her women like you know standing strong with them, but also not wanting to alienate Hank literally right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it. I think Peggy's dilemma is that she is like a married woman, mother, and like loves Teacher, her family. Education. Yeah, and she has a career like. She's proud of her career. She's proud of her family. She's proud of her husband. But, like, she also wants to balance being a feminist in, like, that group that is telling her that, like, like oh, leave him. Like, you don't men need ain't that. Shit. You don't yeah, need it's like, that. oh, you're, you're strong on your own. But, like, Hank doesn't exactly, like, he definitely throws some pot shots at her mm. in her career. But, like. Well, to a lesser extent, your mother. But, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, like, he doesn't not love Peggy. And Peggy's, I think, I think that's what this episode's trying to really, like, hammer home, is that, like, Peggy wants to be a proud woman, but she doesn't buy into, it's, like, all or nothing. Yeah, and that's why she kind of, in the last verse of the song, she takes Hank's advice. But a miracle saved her. Before her heart sang the magical love of a turtle named Hank. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Kind of copped out at the end there, didn't she? <laughs> she certainly has her cake and eats it, too. Certainly. <laughs> How happy Hank gets <laughs> with the changed lyrics. That gal can write a tune. <laughs> so they're all happy. They're a family again. There's no tension. They're driving back. Uh, and they're even happy with Bobby because he's acting normal today. And that's when Bobby slips that uh, he's off his pills. He had to give them to Land because she, she really needed them. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say um, on that truck ride home, you see a, a very uh, different scene from when – they were in the truck in uh, Hank's Got the Willies with Betsy, where Bits- Betsy rode up front and was firmly yeah. fastened in while Bobby was, you know, wherever. And this we see Betsy. Well, Bobby's still in the back, but the number one gal's in, in the Peggy's truck. up front Absolutely. and Betsy's in the back, and I don't think she had a seatbelt on. Oh, that's reckless endangerment. And yeah, I... but you know what? Bobby beside it, that's kind of like a secure <laughs> airbag. <laughs> At least put her in her case. God. Was there not two cases? Was there not two guitar cases? I only remember seeing just Betsy in the back. Oh, seat I thought there was Bobby two cases. Though. I thought there was two guitar cases. But I could be wrong. Because she, she came out of a case. Did she not? Yeah, Bobby un- undoes <clears throat> it, opens it, yeah. Yeah. But, uh... I love as they pull up to the. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. And I, I really like the the word choice that you had about Peggy in this episode. That she had her cake and ate it too. Because 
similarly when they get home. <laughs> Welcome home. I cooked your brunch and I tuned your car and I fixed your mower and I ate the brunch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love Luann. Oh, Luann's the best. And that song, like, that's a jam, right? Like... <laughs> Another one that sounds like a Mario Kart. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I just crossed the finish line, and now I am watching people. I think that might be the song from Super Mario All-Stars when you try and select the game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen one more time. That's a good one. I can, even with that mm, fucking maniac laughing in the background. <laughs> I kind of liked it. It was nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was, she, she landscaped the whole front yard and yeah, did a bunny. Trims hearts. all the shrubs. Oh God, there was like a duck and a bunny and yeah, a, yeah. a stack of hearts. There was like awesome. four different sculptures that she made. They were gone for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, she's a shit hairstylist, but damn, she's a good arboretum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. With the end of the episode comes our final thoughts. Who wants to kick it off for this episode? I'll go first. Is good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this episode. Um, I mean, as far as Peggy episodes go, I think this might be one of my favorites. I mean, it's not... Yeah, I guess it is Peggy. She didn't really have so, like... It wasn't like the Boggle episode where she has a real, like crisis and like a, a proper like resolution she just sort of like kind of stumbles along through this episode and it's kind of like exterior forces against hank through peggy rather than peggy just being like like boggle she was into mm-hmm. there was no way she was gonna like not be all about boggle this was like she was stumbled into the whole music thing. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I think there is an interesting uh, parallel between the fact that Hank, you know, he knows music pretty well, having listened to a lot of it. <laughs> a lot. And like he does, like he has, he has Betsy and like, that's like, he, he considers it his thing. Yeah. Like, I think he does like, he stakes his claim on this thing pretty early. And I don't know. I do think this is a pretty good episode. I, uh, I don't. I, yeah, I like it. I like it. It's not one of my favorites, but it's a good one. Yeah, I uh, I'd agree. This is one of those brand new episodes to me. I haven't seen or heard anything about it before I watched it, uh, and I I really enjoyed it. I mean, Bobby has some great uh, just stills uh, screenshots. Oh God, Luann in this episode. I wish and, there was so much more of her. I know it could be a lot. Like it could be amazing. I and, almost would have liked it to like cut out a lot of the Hank stuff. And put in way more Luann. Yeah, like, I'm, like I'm a Hank fan, but you're right. I totally could have done without a lot of his just kind of downer attitude towards the whole situation. Yeah, he was and a lot more uppity at Luann. Like, I want Luann to get those pills earlier. I mean, I'm thinking about this season, and there hasn't, there's like, especially in this latter half, there's, there's no more episodes about Luann. There's only one more episode in the season. Mm. And there wasn't a really good one to go out on. This, I guess her mama was the last one. That was in the last five. But Yeah, and I mean, this, uh, this series lately has just been really focused on external factors being introduced in the family. I guess you could in, you could call you know uh, Emily an external factor, but going to the track or having Leanne visit this was a very like family oriented like within the family problem that they all kind of solve themselves. Uh, and maybe the stakes stakes weren't as high, but uh, I did enjoy the the re- resolution of it. It's funny because, like, the biggest problem is Bobby, and that is definitely the B plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I really like this episode. Uh, it was kind of a forgotten one, um, not one I remembered so well. So it was, a, it was a treat when I watched it again, and I love what, what Bobby became on the pills. Like, that's fucking – that was so <laughs> funny. That's some of the funniest Bobby I think I've seen. And the, the parallels between the two voice actresses – like Annie DeFranco and Tammy Wynette, you know, like this like strong feminist figure from the nineties versus a woman who's quoted as saying that she spent 15 minutes writing stand by your man and spent the rest of her life defending it. Yeah. I mean, like it's, yeah. I like how they kind of played off each other and that it was a good ending. And yeah, I really liked this episode. 
I was wondering if Annie DeFranco and Tammy Wynette had any, uh, like, la- like overlap in their recordings, like if they ever got to meet around this time or anything like that. Because listening to Annie DeFranco's music, I think she would have really been a fan of Tammy Wynette. Like, she has that real, like, Americana sort of, like, feel. I mean, I hope that they did. I hope they exchanged words. Mm-hmm. Well, guys... To me, it sounds like this meeting is adjourned. Take us away, Tammy. Not before a final round table. Wimitania! Sometimes it's hard to be a woman. Giving all your love to just one man. You'll have bad times And he'll have good times Doing things that you don't understand But if you love him You'll forgive him Even though he's hard to understand And if you love him I'll be proud of him Cause after all He's just a man Order the straight arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, the King of the Hill podcast. Catch new episodes every Sunday night? Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at Utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail. Yeehaw! Hey, what you crying for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.